So good morning. Okay, I can see you. I know you're there. Good morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. I um. I was given the the task of uh, speaking to the topic living um, living mediation, and um, it's it's been. A, a really evocative um, way of describing what it is that we're called to do. I work with a, a friend of mine leading pilgrimages through South Africa. And at the end of one of our pilgrimages, um, the group that we facilitated uh, renamed us. They renamed us Shifra and Pua. And Shifra and Pua are the biblical midwives um, who disobeyed Pharaoh's order to kill the, um, the Israelite children. And in doing so, were able to save a nation. And I think of mediators as midwives, um, as those who are able to see what is not yet evident but is ready to come into being, who are able to hold the space to bring forth that reality, who are able to change the logic from that adversarial logic of I have to have what I have to have and you are left to your own devices. That logic that is so destructive of, of our humanity. Um, I see that task of mediation as being a task of affirming humanity, of opening a space for reconciliation to happen, of creating the opportunities for both and rather than either ors, of creating the, the to, to um, use another cliche, the win-win situations. But mostly I see mediation as a spiritual practice. Um, to live mediation is to live a spiritual practice. It sounds, it, it really sounds very highfalutin, um, but my, um, my, 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 my most um, challenging spiritual teachers um, are a seven-year-old and a 16-year-old who live in my house. <laughs> and they teach me how to live mediation. 
They teach me that by teaching me that it doesn't help for me to impose my solutions to their arguments. Their answers are already there. And when I impose my solutions, then everybody's mad at me. <laughs> um, but also they become solutions, not solutions. They become uh, solutions in inverted commas, solutions that don't hold, not um, resolutions that have a life and a being. And so my task as a mediator, as I learn on sometimes on a daily basis, my task as a mediator is to be one who holds the space. You're holding open the space for the solutions to happen, to emerge. You're holding open the space for each person's story to be heard, to be spoken, to be honored, to be received, to be validated. And it's an incredible power to listen to someone's story, to, to really hold open that space for someone's story to be told and heard. Um, I, was, I was speaking last night about um, the bend in the James River at Richmond. Um, there's a bend in the James River at Richmond in Virginia, in the United States. And at the top of the hill, overlooking this bend in the James River, there is a statue of a Confederate soldier. And it is a statue to honor America's Confederate dead. Um, who died in their tens of thousands during the American Civil War. I was taken to see that statue by a young man who was a guide on the Richmond slave trail. The bend in the river is also the bend in the river that marks the transshipment point for slaves who were sold down the river from Richmond into um, a harsher form of slavery in the South than they would have experienced in the North. And in the American lexicon, there is a, uh, a term that's, that, that is a term that describes betrayal, and betrayal is to be sold down the river. Um, and it comes from precisely that place in Richmond where slaves who had perhaps been promised that they would be 
allowed to remain with their families or those they had come to love um, were instead um, sold off because the, the slaveholder had perhaps run into financial challenges or whatever. And so, so that sense of being betrayed and being sold down the river, being sold into a harsher form of slavery spoke to that betrayal. The young man was saying, we in America, we stand in our corners and privilege our own story. And so the, in standing in that place for a white southerner um, is perhaps that place of marking the grief of all of those who died, who were the brothers and sons and husbands and lovers of many who remained behind. But standing in that place as an African-American, you might then privilege the story of the slaves who were sold down the river and not have a space to hear each other's grief, not have a space to validate each other's story, not have a way to recognize that it is actually a story that you hold in common, um, that even if you're standing on opposite sides of the story, it's not your story and my story, it really is our story and how important is that complex web of story that binds us together. And so as we seek for ways to live together, the importance of hearing and speaking and holding and validating our stories becomes more and more evident. In South Africa, we had our Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Um, we got a lot of truth. We got some reconciliation we got some forgiveness, and only in some instances were we able to find our way forward. And the times we were able to find our way forward were the times when we really allowed ourselves to take in each other's grief. Um, when we really allowed ourselves to hear each other's humanity. There's um, 
uh, uh, a set of hearings where um, the one of the people who spoke was a woman whose son had been killed on the border. Um, and we went through a long phase in South African history when we were, um, when white South Africans were very consumed with the health and well-being of their boys on the border. Um, and the boys on the border very often were not actually on the border. They were very often in the townships um, creating and mayhem and killing young children in the townships. Um, and the lie that the South African government told kept us as black and white in our separate silos. And the, the grace and the beauty of those um, TRC hearings was really to bring us into the same room and hold open the space for us to really tell our stories. We, we have a hunger for story sharing. Um, we have a deep hunger for story sharing. In our religious um, entities, in our religious expressions, what speaks to our hearts most deeply is when we can hear the story of our faith. What does our faith mean? Our faith, what does our faith mean? Our faith means that this story has taken root in our lives and has become our story, has become our common story. And until we're able to continue to hold open that story space, to hold open that telling space, then we stand no chance at mediation, at genuine mediation. Um, we, we need to be able to meet each other and we cannot meet each other as cardboard cutouts, um, as the arguments that stand between us. We have to meet each other as human beings. Uh, Mary Robinson um, tells the, the, the story of the, um, of, of the Irish Accords and said that, that one of the things that um, that's the American senator was able to do was um, to bring each member of the opposing parties into the room um, 
with their jacket off, with their, you know, the, the, the jacket that speaks um, my, I, my party political affiliation, my party identity. It was, you know, this is how you leave your jacket at the door. You leave your jacket at the door by coming in and saying, you know, this, this is my birthday, this is my anniversary. These are the people in my life. These are the things that I care about. These are my hopes and my dreams. Um, and our adversarial systems keep us in the room with our jackets on, keep us in the room with our cardboard identity, our um, cardboard cutout identity, uh, rather than inviting us into the room as whole people with whole lives and whole concerns and an incredible creativity and an incredible ability to make reconciliation happen. <laughs> Sorry, just lost that thought. And so holding on to, oh great, <laughs> technology is failing me um, along with my eyesight. <laughs> um, <laughs> So sorry. So so holding on to the the that notion of um, of mediation as a spiritual practice as that practice of um, of 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 holding open space. Um, I have as one of my practices a practice of spiritual direction, and the practice of spiritual director is not a practice of directing a person's spiritual journey. Um, it is more a practice of inviting that person's spiritual journey into the room in its full expression and in its full blooming. And I conceive of the practice of, of mediation as being a very similar practice, um, a practice of inviting the creativity of um, those who are, conceive of themselves as opposing parties to be um, in the room with, with all that they are, but with all of the creativity and the ability to find a, a, a way out of the intractableness that they face into. So I thank you all for your attention this morning. God bless you.